You're listening to Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. This is your seat at the table. Hey everybody, Roland Frazier here. Welcome to the Business Lunch. I also have my co-host Ryan Dice here, who's not going to introduce himself this time because he's going to be shy this time. It's like we're going to do this different every time on the intro. Welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you guys here. We're going to talk about something today that hopefully you will never experience, but you probably want to be aware of it as a possibility and think about how you can avoid it and how you can deal with it. Ryan, there's been some interesting mutiny at a company that was quite popular recently that is in the news right now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what it is and what's going on? Yeah. So there was this company, Great Jones. Well, still is. It's the company's still in business, but this company, uh, Great Jones, their uh, <laughs> e-commerce, I think they did bring on some more after the ones that left. But yeah. So I mean, long story short, you got this company, Great Jones, founded, I think they were founded like 2016, 2017. And they basically made like really kind of cool direct-to-consumer cookware, right? So yeah, different cooking pots and, um, you know, I don't know. I don't cook. Pots. Stuff that you make food in. Cooking um, stuff. And, yeah. And it was all like Instagram friendly kind of stuff. And it really, it's kind of a sad story, right? Because you have these two women who were like super great friends in college and they graduated, kind of went off, did their own careers. One of them had kind of this design and branding and really understood kind of social. And the other one was more of an operations type person. And so they get together and they say, hey, let's do this business together. Let's do this startup. And they raised some money and they hired some people and got really, they were great at PR. And sort of the outside looking in, everything looked perfect. But behind the scenes, you know, it, it was anything but. These two co-founders were just always out of alignment. You know, one person wanted to do another thing. The other person wanted to do another. You know, great big mess. And I guess one of the co-founders, you know, it's tough because you go and you read the story. And again, if you want to Google it and look it up, we'll drop it in the show notes. But it's a Business Insider article, Mutiny at Great Jones. It's all about this Which co-founder is, by the way, war. a great service to subscribe to if you're a business person. I, I'm going to give them a free plug. It's, I think it is. It's great. Yeah. They've got good stuff. And they really kind of, my, my, my critique of this article is, you know, they kind of clearly wanted to have a good versus evil slant. And so I think they made, you know, one of the co-founders kind of seem like the bad person and the other one seem like the good person. Well, having been through this myself, I know anytime something craters like this, this badly, is always both people are at fault, right? So I just be cautious when you go through and read it, make sure that you're not necessarily taking sides. But I do think it's worth reading, especially if you have started a business and you have a co-founder, because this happens all the time where you will have infighting with co-founders and it can bring down great companies. And in this case, you know, one of the co-founders pushes out the other one, that co-founder that got pushed out kind of had a better relationship with the team that was there. And so the entire team walked. And so here you're left with one of the co-founders, boots out our co-founder, entire company, everybody quits, trying to figure out how to make it work. It's just a mess. I hope they work it out. I hope the company still succeeds. I hope the investors make lots of money. I hope, you know, all the folks who left find, you know, new great jobs. Man, it sucks. So how do we, Roland, you know, we're we're business partners. How do we make sure that this doesn't happen to us, right? How do we make sure that we don't get into some co-founder work? I think in general, we, we agree, but there's times when we you know, don't. And so how do we make sure that this disagreements that are going to happen, that they don't lead to this kind of infighting? 
Yeah, to, it's it's all communication, I think. I, I mean, I think first you have to be careful who you go into business with, because I think a lot of people go into business with people that they have fundamental disagreements with before, just ideologically or philosophically before they go in. If you're focused on, I want to do good in the world socially and somebody else's, I only want to make profit, then that's going to be a conflict that's going to be hard to resolve. Ultimately, though, they're very different ideological places to come from. So I think that's the first thing. Ideally, basically kind of putting that into the category of like aligned through values, not not just like moral values, but also, you know, it's kind of like a marriage, right? Like you'll have, it's not good to get married to somebody if, if they're like, I never want to have kids. And you're like, I want to have seven, right? And it's That's not good an to issue. get married or even in a relationship with somebody to a deep level until you've had a conversation about a lot of those things. Finances <laughs> would right. be another one, right? What's yeah. our idea on how we're going to run money? Are we building it and always investing in the company again? Or are we going to take some profits out? Or are we going to take all the profits out? Those are all really important. What's the work ethic? I, I think that we should work forever to do everything we need to do. And somebody else might say, well, I'm eight to five or nine to five because I've got family and I'm not weekends or anything else. And then you get like, as an attorney, seeing so many things fall apart that we're friends, family, best friends since third grade, relatives, spouses, because of business, I can say that those are really critical things. And so, so what are some, one you of the things a couple of I would say, I think that is, list is good. So I'm sorry, Roland, I didn't mean to interrupt, but the, um, the, those things, so agreement on how are we going to take, so you said work, like what is, what's from a work perspective? Are we both agreeing that we're going to be all in, you know, 80 hour weeks, or are we going to kind of have a lifestyle work when we want? And almost defining that spectrum and saying, where on this spectrum do you fall? And, and yep. it should almost be like the newlywed game where you, you each like write down your answers separate and then come yep. back together and talk about it. And so another one would be taking money out of the company versus leaving it all in. I guess another one would be, are we going to go and raise capital? Do we want to own it all? Like what are some of the other areas that you think would be worth having a conversation about? I think one, like just as a general overview, one of the best things that you can do is go and get a form, a long form partnership agreement from LegalZoom or something like that, and take a look at what goes into a partnership agreement. What are the things that people agree on there? Because that covers a lot of that. What happens if one of us wants to leave is a big mm. deal. And what happens if we need more money in the company? What happens there, right? Because you can have a company that gets completely deadlocked because it's just two people or it's four people. And another thing would then be, what happens if we get deadlocked? How are we going to break a tie? Can we build a mechanism in that we're both happy with so that we don't have to go to litigation, you know, if that's the case? So I think those, like, get, get that. I don't think going through a whole long list of them here would be as helpful as just hitting the highlights that we did. But going to another thing that I think that, we saw and you you saw in digital marketer is that that it's really hard if you have two people who are good at the same thing and don't have necessarily complementary skills as opposed to the same skills that you want your partner to add something that you don't have or to be uh, super powered in an area that you're not so that you can own particular things within your business relationship. For example, I think when you and Perry were there, you guys were both marketers 
And I know vastly different ideologies, vastly different uh, desires for outcome and things like that. Neither one of them wrong, but competing and not a process that had been agreed on or built in for handling that. So it was kind of like, I think you or he, or maybe both of you told me, it's like, we go into the office one day and Perry's on vacation. And so Ryan's like, these are our initiatives. These are our objectives. This is what we're going to get to do. We're all rallied around everybody into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's in. And then you go on vacation and Perry comes back and he's like, no, man, we're going to do this, this, and this. And everybody's like, ah. So that created a challenge, which I think you should speak to because that you had that direct experience and it would probably help people to hear. Yeah, for sure. And this is where I'm saying where, you know, at the time in the moment, I was like, this guy's such a jerk. Like, what is his problem? Like, he's obviously the bad guy and I'm obviously the good guy. Like, the reason that I say, like, it's not that black and white is because I lived it. And kind of being on the other, you know, just being further, you know, removed away from some of those and also just getting some good, you know, coaching from some people who have been there and done that. You know, I realized like, oh, crap, like, I got to own some, if not most of this. And, and you know, for us, like what you said there, who holds the trump card on certain decisions? Right. Because if, if you got a co-founder, you can't say, well, like, let's make it majority wins. It's 50-50, right? You don't want to get into that anyway. So it's like on what area are like where there are clear divisions of labor, clear distinctions in skill sets, it becomes easy, right? Like I'm never going to go to you and say like, I don't know, Roland, from a business structure perspective, from like kind of a, how we're going to do this deal and set this up, you know, we need to do it my way. Because obviously you used to practice law, right? So you're going to have more experience you know, in that area. And there's going to be certain things where, you know, I might be able to be like, Hey dude, come on. Like, this is my thing. Like, let me have this one. Right. So I think having those conversations and and the challenge, like you said, that Perry and I ran into is we had so much overlap in our skills, like the things that I'm really great at. So is he now in the early days of our partnership, it worked out because I had the company and he came into what was then my company. Right. And so in the early days, it was just generally like, hey, if we can't decide, you know, Ryan, you pick because it's your company, right? And so I got used to this idea of like, well, I hold the trump card on all these things. Well, understandably speaking, after a certain amount of time, when, you know, he's full partner, when his contributions have, you know, generated at least as much, if not more than mine, he's going to start saying, well, I deserve to hold the trump card on some of these. And so now he starts doing it. And I'm thinking like, well, why did the why did the rules change? I didn't right. actually think this, but I'm like, I thought I got to pick this, and now he's doing it, so I'm going to take it back, you know. And at some point, he's thinking, why does this guy get to hold the Trump card? I'm going to take it back. Right. We never talked about it. If we'd right. have just said, you know, wait, and, and funny enough, after we had kind of you know div- you know split up the business, and you know, kind of I took parts and he took some other parts after we bought each other out of certain things, had that conversation once the emotions were removed, and it's like, God dang it, I was such a jerk. He's like, yeah, I was such a jerk. Like, ah, oh, I didn't mean that at all. You know, I didn't, that's, of course, I would not want to deny you. It, 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 you said it, it's really just communicating. Yeah. What do we think? Talking about it, like, what are the areas that I really respect about you? What are the areas that you really respect about me? What are the weaknesses that I'm going to acknowledge now? What are the weaknesses that you have? Where do these things overlap? Where, frankly, do, where do we overlap in our strengths? Where do we overlap in our weaknesses? How do we make decisions? Who's ultimately going to have that kind 
Hey, Roland Frazier here, and I want to talk to you about an ad card. This card, created by FunnelDash, was designed for companies that spend a lot of money on ads and want to scale. Ad card's not only really simple to use for your ad spend, but it gets you a whopping 3% cash back on every ad dollar you spend. Go to FunnelDash.com forward slash ad card and schedule a call. Make sure to mention Business Lunch so you get that three times on your cash back potential. Ryan Dice here. Now, if you've ever run paid ads, you know it is not easy. You've got to create the ads, track the ads, optimize campaigns, and scale the winners while killing off the losers. Look, it is a lot of work, which is why time and time again, we turn to an agency called GrowRev to help us with our paid media campaigns. They run paid traffic for some of the biggest names in the industry, from Tony Robbins to Dean Graziosi, ClickFunnels, and many, many others. And Rohan Seth, the owner of GrowRev, well, he's a great friend of ours here at Business Lunch, and because of that, he's offering Business Lunch listeners a huge freebie. Rohan's team is giving out 25 free account audits. It's no charge, no fee, and no obligation to buy anything. What they're going to do is they're going to go into your account, they're going to audit everything, and they're going to show you what you can tweak to lower your acquisition costs, increase your conversion rates, and boost your average order values. Now, this is a $500 value, and the first 25 Business Lunch listeners get it totally for free. So here's what you need to do. Go to getmyfreeaudit.com forward slash audit. Again, that is getmyfreeaudit.com forward slash audit and grab your free audit today. Kind of last little trump card. So yeah, and what are responsibilities in the business? But I think also, and you, you mentioned this, you don't want to get to the point where it's, it's, it comes down to a vote. Even if you have control or even if you could sway the other people that are owners in the business so that you did have control, if you ever have to do that, you failed and, and you're really starting down a dangerous road. So I'm a huge believer in consensus. And so I think your responsibility as a member of the company is to advocate your position and persuade the other people that it ideally never comes down to a vote. Because I tell you what, if it does and you're on the losing side of it and you're not like, as opposed to you conceding, like, You've wanted to do things that I did not agree with, and I'm sure vice versa. And I've just said, I am going to go along with that. I don't agree with it. I, I, I may have said that to you, or you've said it to me. Uh, what is it? It's agree and some agree. Disagree and commit. Yeah, disagree and commit. commit. But, and that's the point, right? If you're going to go that route, then as far as everybody else is concerned, it's kind of, we talk, we joke, it's like, but we can't fight in front of the kids, right? Yeah. As far as everybody else is concerned, if it's something that you wanted to do and I didn't, I'll say, I don't think we should do this, yep. but, I, but we're going to go along with it. As far as everybody else is concerned, I am all freaking in. Now, if it doesn't yep. work, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be like, told you so, jerk face. But right. we know that goes both ways. Yes. Right. We yeah. know that. And, and we know that we had something blow up kind of recently that cost us a lot of money that was, that was my call. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm really, really sorry. And what I appreciate about you and Richard is y'all were like, these things happen. You know, had it made money, you wouldn't have asked for more of it because it was your idea. That's what a partnership is. So right. there is that that sharing. But yeah, you got to disagree and commit and work on consensus, and and then pick the hills you want to die on. It's just like with your kids, right? It's like 
you yeah. will eat the salad. <laughs> I don't right. want the salad. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's, do you want to die on that hill? Do you want to clean up that lettuce all the time? You know, <laughs> there's a, there's another little wrinkle here that I think is important because when I looked, there were like three big articles that this challenge, uh, three big challenges, I guess, that this article uh, pointed out. The first was that basically they pointed out that like really inexperienced co-founders, they hired too many junior team members, right? And I do think that that's a mistake that co-founders will make. You get co-founder conflict that happens a lot of times, very often because team members aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And so that bubbles up and now you have, you know, co-founders, owners doing work that they probably shouldn't have to do. And, and when this happens, and you're the one is like last month, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and so be careful a lot of times that you're not fighting with each other because there's somebody on your team who isn't doing their job. And that, like reading this article, that to me kept coming up again and again. There were people that were on their teams that weren't doing the job. And so, you know, one of the co-founder had to pick up that slack and they started getting resentful about it. Well, then fire that person and get somebody who will do their job. Right. So, I mean, but that is, I mean, it sounds simple, hard to do in practice and when you're in it, but that's kind of the first thing. Um, if you're going to do a, a postmortem on, you know, why did this co-founder war happen? I think the biggie is they were inexperienced and they hired people on their team at fairly high levels that were just too junior. Like they weren't ready for it and it didn't take the pressure off of them. The second thing was misalignment of vision. I want to come back to that one. But the other biggie, and this is something that we dealt with as well, is in this case, and we see this a lot with a lot of different businesses. I know this was the case with me and Perry. One of the co-founders sort of is the face of the company and the other one is kind of more behind the scenes, mm -hmm. right? So one of them more is the brand and the other one is the person, you know, behind the scenes and maybe they're running things operationally or, you know, maybe they're doing the kind of the blocking and tackling of like sales and marketing. And where this can build up a lot of resentment is if you're the person who is the brand, which that was me, like I was the face and the brand of digital marketer, you start to feel like, well, no, we're not going to do that because I have to go out there and represent this thing, right? It's my face. It's my name on the line. Yeah. I remember me saying that. That is really, really dangerous, right? That is really dangerous. So the person who's the face can get bitter because they're having to represent something they don't want. And then on the other side, the person who's behind the scenes start to get bitter because they're like, why are you getting all the publicity? You know, and, and you think about like bands, like music groups, you know, why is the lead singer up there? And like the drummer is kind of off in the shadow somewhere like this sucks. I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting my just due. And you've got to recognize that, again, these are different roles. And the fact that one, you know, founders, one co-founder's role is that they're going to be more the face. That doesn't mean that they should necessarily have more authority. And the fact that somebody's more behind the scenes, it doesn't mean that they're any less valuable. But and if you yet, don't communicate these things and, and yet, talk about it, it can be tough. You couldn't have a situation, I think, where somebody could get outvoted and be the face of something that they just didn't believe in. That would be a conversation if you were going into that kind of relationship that you should have. The, the other option that you have is to build your own presence, right? So I've built my own presence, even though you and Perry were well-known, I was like, I don't really want to be famous, but I do have stuff that I'd like to share and say, so I can create that personality. And now we have multiple faces of the business, which actually makes the business stronger, right? The other thing that, that I experienced when I was practicing law, I came into the very first law partnership that I had 
And the guy that we were partnering with, Grant, who was who I met in law school, who one was a litigator, and me partnered early on in our law firm with a guy who represented Tony Robbins and a bunch of other clients. And he was big in the entertainment law area. His mother was Esther Williams and his stepbrother was Lorenzo Lamas. And he had connections in the entertainment world, which is one of the reasons I think that Tony Robbins had sought him out. And our conversation at the first negotiation for that partnership was, hey, listen, I've had this problem in the past with partnerships that didn't work out because people want to go hang out with Tony and he'll invite me to go fly airplanes or something like that, or I'll get invited to this movie set. And you know, I can't take you guys along for all that stuff. So I just don't want it to be a problem. And we were like, yeah, we totally don't care <laughs> about any of that stuff. But obviously, many people do. Yeah. Like I represented a whole bunch of well-known fo- athletes, football players and, and such. And I'd get tickets to the Super Bowl for free and the players boxes and stuff. And I'd be like, give them away because I didn't care about I don't celebrity doesn't impress me. I think it's very valuable as a tool for yourself. And it's very valuable as a tool, as we talked about in another episode, to use to market and sell stuff. But neither you nor I nor Richard really is overwhelmed by that. It's just like people are people. Some people are more well known. Some people are less. So in that relationship though when we were negotiating we had to have that conversation in advance that hey this is going to be these are perks that come to me as a result of these relationships and my role in the business that won't be available to you and i need you to be okay with that having that conversation in advance though i got to give him a lot of credit yeah. for doing that it's a hard conversation and it stops you later on from building this resentment i think that whatever uh relief valves you can build in in advance for anticipated potential resentment is a really strong thing to put in to your conversation and as you go into the partnership and then having continual conversations where you're not afraid to have hard conversations too stops resentment because a lot of people are conflict adverse like Perry would literally fake being on the phone and walk out of any negotiation of any type <laughs> right yeah. and uh, and still yeah, will. he'll like tell you, you know, I don't like that you know, yeah. <laughs> you know so we need to talk about how we're going to split this up you know, it's like he'd be looking the other end. Like, Where did he go? Oh, yeah. And um, so, <laughs> with a guy like that, though, how do you how do you deal with potential conflicts that come up that he has, where he's feeling resentful, and you know he's conflict averse or confrontation averse, even in a friendly negotiation conversation? So that you have to be aware of as well, because resentment to me is the big thing, and I think that's what happened in this business, because you don't just take all of the people unless things have fallen so far, far apart, which is absolutely both people's responsibility. For sure. And it was, you know, you go through and you look at it and, you know, one of the co-founders was, you know, featured in a magazine and the other wasn't. And it was clear that that made the other one, you know, upset. And I'm sure had they come on and said like, look, so as a part of doing this, if I'm the face, then I'm going to be the one going to the photo shoots and stuff. And, and you're not like, if you want to be that, then we need to tweak how we're doing this branding to make sure that it's both of us and it's a conversation. And probably if the, it had it, like, I'm going to go and do this. So you don't have to, then nobody's getting their feelings hurt. If I, if I had a, a choice in it and I wouldn't want to do it anyway, that's fine. If I was left out, even if I didn't want to do it now, I'm pissed. You know, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm pissed that I was, that I was left out. And I love that idea of a relief valve. I think is so good. I remember when we were selling traffic and conversion summit to Clarion. 
talking to Alex, who is our, you know, our business partner, the person who's responsible for that, for that group that TNC is under, saying to him, like, man, let's have a conversation now about all the ways that we might piss each other off. Right. And that was exactly what I said. I mean, you you had a much, you know, nicer way of putting it, but it's like, and I went to I was like, here's all the things that I could see you doing that's really gonna piss me off. You know, during the negotiation and then after, like when we're working together, here are the things that are really gonna piss me off. Now I want to hear yours. Right. And it's a really healthy thing to have. And it's very safe on the front end because none of it's happened. It's almost kind right. of fun. You know, none of it's happened. And so I would definitely, I would encourage you have those conversations. And the, one of the most important conversations to have is how, do, how are we going to break up, right? That can be a bit awkward if you're talking like literal marriage, but in a business relationship, businesses are not designed to last forever, right? They're not designed, you know, till death do us part. That is not the function of a business. So to say, hey, let's decide what it looks like right now to get divorced. And that is the terms that I will use. What does it look like, you know, for us to get divorced, for us to separate? It's a very healthy and helpful conversation to have. Going back, I'll kind of make one more point about this, one of my takeaways, and we can you know, move on or close things out. But kind of the three points. First, again, you know, one person was the face and the other wasn't. That can build up resentment if you don't talk about it. Hiring people who are too junior. And so different co-founders, you know, resentment created when some co-founders having to pick up the slack. The biggest thing, though was they were misaligned. And this is kind of where you started things off. They were misaligned on the vision for the company. One of them wanted to pursue profitability and, hey, how can we make money ourselves? How can we actually get paid? And the other was like, no, we're going for a unicorn. We're not going to take any money out. That is one of the areas where it can really... I mean, you and I have gotten into conflict over this where I've been like, dude, I think we need to leave more money in. You're like, I think we need to take more out. We've always worked right. it out because it's not difficult to convince me that we should take money. But in general, like, what do you think about that? Because that is an area where I can really see if one of the founders like, we're shooting them in, right? This is a unicorn or die kind of thing. And the other is like, I thought we were doing this to make money. That, that's the one that I've seen create more conflict than most. Yeah, that and effort, the amount of time that somebody's going to put in. Because you may be able to get everything that you need done to, to take care of the part of the company you're in charge of in four hours a day or three, right? Or a week. And maybe it takes me 80 hours a week to do mine. That's just how it is, right? So do I care? that you're not spending the other 76 hours a week that I am? Maybe. But we've got to have a conversation about that. Is Are we focused on time commitment or things done? And then the other thing is, is money. Money makes people crazy. So I think if you're not aligned on that going in, you don't do that partnership. And that's a conversation you have before you go in because otherwise you're never going to be in alignment. If you can't agree on a happy compromise of how are we balancing unicornism and getting paid, then you'll always have conflict and ultimately it's going to blow up. I've only seen it a billion times. So I think that's the key. If you talk about those things, who deal with the face, fame, how do we resolve conflicts around that? How do we deal with money? And how do we resolve conflicts around that? How do we deal with, with the time commitment and resolve conflicts around that? And then what happens if we don't agree? How do we resolve deadlock then? And you mentioned breakup as well. I think that's, those are really, really key 
key, key, key things. Yeah. Well, let's hope that just by having this conversation here, we prevent any future potential co-founder wars. Because I like this. I don't want to. I don't want to go down. I don't want to go down like that. Hopefully, you know, we've helped other people, helped other people do do the same. So, yeah. And so, if you've you got, think? I think if you're just to leave, if you're going into any kind of partnership or deal or company, be sure you get aligned on all those things. And um, and if you are in a partnership now and nothing is going wrong, but you haven't addressed those things. I think it would be a good to do now while you have good emotional capital with each other and before something gets out of control and having these conversations can really spark good conversations about how to deal with those things and dealing have with them these while conversations no emotion on a good attached day. is huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Have them on a good day, not on a bad day. It's really painful to have these conversations when you're about to run out of cash, it's really painful to have these conversations when one or both of you is, you know, at burnout. Uh, it is really painful to have these conversations when uh, resentment is already sitting there festering. So, yeah, I, I love the idea. This is this may be a great action item. If things are awesome right now, say because things are so awesome, I think that we need to have a conversation about what it looks like if things are less awesome because it's an imperfect world and we're imperfect people. And right. so sit down, pour your favorite adult beverage and really set aside some time, set aside a couple of hours for it. And it's therapeutic. It's, it's oddly fun. Hard to do on a bad day, but even if it is a bad day, don't put off having some of these conversations. Absolutely. Cool. Well, with that, let's sign off for this episode. If you guys enjoy the stuff that we're talking about, we would definitely appreciate it if you would subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff we cover. And we would also appreciate if you would review us on whatever platform you're listening on, if you really, really like us. If you don't really, really like us, I mean, we're less excited about you reviewing it. But we would love feedback because we always want to make the show better. And we appreciate you being here. Also, if you are interested in growing your company and putting in an operating system that will make it even better than it is already, we have one. And it's available at scalable.co. If you're French, it's scalable. So that's it for today. Thank you guys for being here. We really appreciate you and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. If you're enjoying the show, let us know by subscribing and leaving a review. And for more information, go to businesslunchpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. What if three days could change the course of your business in 2023? Get Scalable Live is where you'll gain great clarity on the next steps that will help you create the business, life, and wealth you deserve. Connect with business owners and entrepreneurs just like you, hungry for advice, proven strategies, and necessary connections to grow a business. Literally, million-dollar conversations are happening in the hallways, in the bathrooms, across tables. Get Scalable Live at Fairmont Austin, November 2nd through 4th. Tickets are on sale now at GetScalableLive.com.